Hi, welcome to Lighthouse Vineyard Church. Thank you for joining us. If you would like to know more about us, feel free to visit us online at lighthousevineyard.church. Enjoy the message. We'll talk again soon. I'm so sorry and everything's going to be okay. Everything's going to be okay. Everything's going to be okay. What am I saying? Everything is not okay. In fact, this may be the worst news I've heard in my entire life. What did she think would happen? What did she expect me to say? The woman I'm supposed to marry is pregnant. And it certainly isn't mine. Oh, I'm supposed to believe an angel of the Lord came to visit her and told her she was going to become pregnant with the Son of God. Well, where does that leave me? The woman I'm supposed to marry is pregnant. I know the law. I'm a descendant of David. I'm an upstanding citizen. People know me as a good man. What are they going to say when they find out that my Mary is pregnant? They're going to encourage me to have her killed. What are my options? I can expose her publicly. She'll almost certainly be killed. I could marry her quickly, pretend that it's mine and that it never happened. But I, uh, I would always know it and I can't live that way. I don't want her killed or even ridiculed, but I want to do the right thing. I think I only have one option. I marry her quickly and I divorce her quietly. It's, it's merciful. I, Mary's going to understand. I think she'll even be grateful that I'm trying to do the right thing and keep her safe. But I'm going to sleep on it. My father always told me, as was passed down to those before us from King David, in peace I will lie down for you alone, Lord, make me dwell in safety. Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife. Because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. Know that this will all take place so that what the prophet said will be fulfilled. He prophesied that a virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel. You, along with Mary, will bring this prophecy to fruition. So do not fear. Be confident in your role and take Mary as your wife. Whoa, did that just happen? Did I just have a visit from the angel of the Lord? 
I can't believe this is happening. I think Mary was telling the truth. What does that mean? I can't believe I'm about to take Mary as my wife. I can't believe I'm about to become an earthly father to the Son of God. Wait. I'm about to become an earthly father to the Son of God? Uh, I'm just a carpenter. Lord, I hope you know what you're doing. I don't have any experience raising sons of God. I don't have experience raising anybody. I hope Mary was telling me the truth. I hope that dream was real. I hope I can be the kind of husband she'll need. I hope I can be the father I'm called to be. But more than all these hopes, I know one thing for sure. Unless I give you these desires, I'll be of no use. You're my only hope, oh God. Hello, everyone. My name is Clint Schwartz. I'm the lead pastor here at Lighthouse. Thanks for joining us today. And uh, if you're over in the Beacon, thanks for being here as well. And for those who are joining us online, give me a thumbs up in the chat. Let me know that you're here. So Joseph was faced with an incredibly difficult situation. Can you imagine how he was feeling? I think Jason did a great job of trying to emulate what he was feeling going back and forth. And... Um, he had a fiance who was pregnant, which meant death for sure for her. And he was just trying to figure out how to handle that situation. Then he had this dream. And an angel of God spoke to him in a dream. And he had to decide, am I going to believe the angel or not? And he did, praise God. And he hung on to hope. And I believe hope is what carried him through that incredibly difficult situation. It carried both of them through that incredibly difficult situation. Well, today we are continuing our Christmas message series, Faith, Hope, and Love. These three remain. And our key verse is from 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 13, and it says, and now these three remain, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. Faith, hope, and love are key ingredients for each and every one of us. And according to Scripture, they are really the only three things that will remain. Now, last week, we talked about the faith of Mary. And if you missed that, I would encourage you to go back and watch that service. And next week, by the way, we're going to be talking about the love of Jesus. And so it's, it's our Christmas service next Sunday. And so I would really encourage you, invite a friend to come. Um, you don't want to miss next, next weekend. But today, today we're going to, going to be talking about hope. We're going to be talking about hope. Hope is an overused word in our generation, isn't it? I mean, in our culture, we just have that word used all the time. Well, here's the definition of it. The feeling that what is wanted can be had or that events will turn out for the best. That's a noun. It's a feeling. And then the verb is to look forward to 
with desire and reasonable confidence. Hope is incredibly powerful. Here are just a few quotes that I found. First one by Emily Dickinson. Hope is the thing with feathers that perches in the soul and sings the tune without the words and never stops at all. Emily Dickinson is quite the author, isn't she? I mean, I, I could never write that. Oh, that's so good. That's so good. G.K. Chesterton says, Hope is the power of being cheerful in circumstances that we know to be desperate. The power of being cheerful. And the next one is by Christopher Reeve. And we all know about Christopher Reeve. Uh, many of you know. Anyway, he was Superman, uh, played that in the movies. But then he ended up having an accident, was paralyzed from the neck down. And, and I believe it's during that time that he said, once you choose hope, anything's possible. Anything's possible. Now, hope is used all throughout Scripture, uh, over 150 times in the NIV. Here are just a few of my favorite Scriptures from that. Romans 12, 12 says, Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, and faithful in prayer. Jeremiah 29, 11 is one that many of us have have memorized. Maybe we even have it on our walls. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. And the last one is from Colossians. It says, To them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in us is the hope of glory. Now, hope is incredibly important to carry us through difficult situations in our lives. I remember a time about 20 years ago, I was going through an unwanted divorce. And, uh, and I, I'll be really, really be honest, I had lost hope. I had lost hope in having uh, happiness in my future. I had lost hope of being a single parent uh, for my kids. I had lost hope for my marriage. And it was a desperate time for me. And I remember... I was over at my parents' house, and my mom looked over to me, and she gave me a prophetic word, and she said, she said, one day, son, you will have joy again. And uh, I remember that because it, it contrasted with my situation. I mean, I didn't see it. I didn't see hope on the horizon. I didn't see hope in my lifetime to come or joy. And yet, that prophetic word carried me through, and it stirred up hope within me, and I grabbed a hold of it, and it carried me through. And now, 20 years later, I can honestly say I have, I have joy again. I have joy again. So that, true, that word came true. So whether you're in a difficult situation today or not, we all need hope. We all need to give hope as well and to shine hope to our world and to our generation. So this week, we're going to read a scripture that I believe that helps us to grab a hold of hope and to hang on to hope. It's from Romans chapter 5. You can turn there in your Bibles if you'd like. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Acts, Romans is where it's found in the New Testament. And by the way, if you don't have a Bible, a readable Bible, and you want one, stop by the welcome uh, desk and they will give you a Bible. Um, because I think it's important that we all have a readable Bible. But this book was the first of the the letters that the Apostle Paul wrote uh, to the different churches, and this is written to the church in Rome. Chapter 5, starting with verse 1, is where we will be. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, 
We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings, because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope. That hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. That's our scripture for today, and our message title is Raising Hope, Keeping, I'm sorry, Keys to Keeping Hope Alive. And so I'm going to give us three keys that I think are really important for us to hang on to hope and to keep our hope alive from this scripture. But if you would, pray with me as I uh, pray for the message. So Lord, we come to you right now, and we, we acknowledge that having hope in 2020 is a difficult thing. And, uh, and our culture, our world has truly lost hope many, many times throughout this year. And I believe, God, that there are some of us here today who are just barely hanging on to hope as well. So, Father, I pray that you would speak to our hearts and that you would open up our ears to hear from you. And I pray that you would enable me to say your words today, Father. And we invite your Holy Spirit to be here and to minister among us. And we just come against the, the lies of the enemy that would try to dissuade us or distract us from hearing from you today, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for praying with me. All right, so you can fill this in on your handout if you would like. Here's three keys. We can all raise hope within us when we, number one, patiently persevere in the process. Patiently persevere in the process. That's my triple P point. There we go. You guys hear how I did that? Triple P point. Did you like that, Lee? Not at all. It was, it was okay. Just okay. All right, so verses 3 through 5 say, Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings, because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character hope. And hope does not put us to shame. Guys, according to Scripture, the final fruit of suffering can be hope. It can be hope. But it's a process we all know that suffering doesn't produce hope immediately, right? I mean, it's, it's, there are some steps along the way. So first of all, let's just talk about the process. First, there's sufferings. What kind of sufferings might we have? Well, we might get sick or have a bad doctor's report, have to have surgery or have, you know, medical treatments. We might have a, a relationship that ends might lose our job or, or not get the promotion or maybe get a demotion. You know, but we can have financial troubles. Those are sufferings. We might wake up one morning, look over at the calendar and see that it's March 1st, 2020. Not even realizing what is coming. But yeah, suffering is right around the corner, right? Two of you got that. So, <laughs> sufferings though, we don't necessarily choose them. They just happen, right? There's a, there's a word in our culture, something happens, right? It just happens. Nobody got that one either, so I'll just keep going. <laughs> but how we respond to our sufferings is what matters. That's what produces fruit, how we respond to it. If we choose to get angry 
or bitter or disappointed or frustrated, then we won't have good fruit. I guarantee you that. But if we choose to patiently persevere in our trials and our sufferings, we can have good fruit. We can have good fruit. Romans 5.3 says, because we know that suffering produces perseverance. It creates the opportunity for perseverance. Persevere, defined as continue, to continue in a course of action, even in the face of difficulty, or with little or no prospect of success. To continue in a course of action, even in the face of difficulty. That's perseverance. It reminds me of the scripture in Galatians chapter 6, verse 9, that says, Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. It's perseverance. Perseverance is choosing to continue on even when it's hard. So many of you have been with us through uh, this year here at Lighthouse. Some of you are newer um, to the church. So I'll just give you a little bit of background. Back in March, I was on a mission trip to Guatemala with, uh, I don't know, a dozen or so of us here from the church. And praising God, it was one of my spiritual high points of the year. I mean, we were just on fire. God was doing some great things on that trip. And it was on that trip that the world shut down. And we barely made it out of the country before they shut the airport down in Guatemala. When we went through the airport in uh, Chicago, it was like a ghost town. I've never gone through security so quickly in my life, you know. Uh, it was crazy. We, we felt a difference coming back into our country. And then that was on a Monday, and uh, then we were notified that all churches, every business, everything was going to be shut down throughout the entire country. So we quickly pivoted on Tuesday and started to figure out how we're going to do online church. And so we did online church for the next eight weeks. Many of you remember those, those videos. I like to forget those videos. That was, that was a challenging time. I love preaching to a live audience, so preaching to just Riley on the other side of a camera was really hard, it just so you know. Uh, but we made it through that, that season, and uh, they let us open up the churches again. So after eight weeks of being down, we started meeting in person and uh, met in person for four weeks, and things were going great until we had our first cases of the coronavirus here at the church. And so we had several people in our church family who came down with the coronavirus. We had to shut down again for a couple of weeks and kind of let it run its course. Uh, we had two people in our church family who ended up dying during that time. One, They both had the coronavirus. One of them died from the virus. One of them had other uh, causes of his death. But man, it was a difficult season for all of us. But I'll just let you know from my perspective as pastor of a church, you want the church to be a place where people come to get well, right? Instead, people were afraid to come. And I'll be honest, I was afraid to have them come. I'm like, I don't want anyone to get sick because they came to church. And it just fought right against everything that I felt during that time. It was hard. And, uh, and I knew a couple of pastors during this season who had, had quit. They just, either their, their church shut down or they turned over the pastorship to somebody else. 
extremely difficult time. And for the first time in all of my years of being in ministry, I wanted to quit. To be honest, I wanted to quit. I had a conversation with God about it. <laughs> and he reminded me that I'm not in this for me. You know, I'm in this for people. And that people need this church. People need the word of God. They need opportunities to worship together. And so I grabbed back a hold of that and said, all right, we're going to open up the doors again. And we've been open ever since. I'll tell you what, I've prayed a lot. <laughs> we've had a lot of people praying over this church building, praying for our church family. But we had to endure. And I know many of you have endured this time with us. And it was a challenging time. But in the midst of that, it created something within us called perseverance. Many of us understand that. 2020 has created that. But perseverance isn't the only thing that we've had an opportunity to gain. We've also gained character. Romans 5 Verse 3 and 4 says, because we know that suffering produces perseverance, pers perseverance character. As we persevere, as we persevere together, we have had the opportunity to develop character within each of us. It makes us better people. Now here's the definition of character, moral excellence and firmness. Moral excellence and firmness. Now don't we all want that? Don't we all want to be known as someone with moral excellence and firmness? I know I do, but I don't want the process of getting it. <laughs> I just want to be a person of character. But God says, if you want to be a person of character, you have to endure in the face of sufferings. Ah, that's tough. Because again, Suffering has just come upon all of us, right? I mean, they happen. And what I want to do is just complain, get irritated, get triggered, right? That's what I want. But when we persevere in our trials, it develops character. Here's the truth. You can write this down. When we sow perseverance in times of suffering, we will always reap deeper character. Always. It's just kind of a law of the universe. <laughs> like gravity. You throw something up, it's going to come down. If you're in the midst of trial and you persevere, you patiently persevere, it will develop character within you. Now, many of us know those people. You know those people who have made it through difficult times and they've done it well. And you just see that there is something inside of them, a deepness, it's their character that gets developed when we endure difficult times. Now, I've also seen, and I'm sure you have as well, those people who didn't persevere well, right? I mean, they've, they've gone through difficult times, but they didn't, I wouldn't say they persevered patiently, and their fruit is bitterness and frustration and anger. I remember a time when I, that time when I was going through the divorce, someone told me, they said, hey, your difficulties will either make you bitter or make you better, 
The choice is up to you. It really is. The choice is up to us. 2020 isn't over yet, so we all know. If you haven't been persevering well, you still have opportunity. I would, I would expect that our challenges aren't quite over yet, right? So we still have opportunity. If we haven't been persevering, we do have opportunity to do it today, to do it today. Now, character isn't the only fruit of persevering well. Verse 4 says, because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope is what we're talking about today. Hope is what we all need. We choose to endure our difficulties and persevere. It will develop character, and that character within us will develop hope. And we'll also have a strength to hope as well, to hope in difficult situations. So that's the process. Sufferings, perseverance, character, hope. We can't just go from sufferings to hope. And we can't just necessarily have hope. We've got a process to walk through. It's a process. Now, verse 5 goes on to say, and hope does not put us to shame. But I do love the way that the older version of the NIV said it. It says, and hope does not disappoint us. We will never be disappointed in hoping. We will never be disappointed in hoping. It's something to hang on to, to grab a hold of, to fight for. It'll carry us through. And that's our first, first point. We can all raise hope within us when we patiently persevere in the process. And my hope is that you guys have been. I've seen a lot of you do that. But also, if you haven't been, you can change that today. You can make a decision to hang on to it and move through it. Now, two more points that I want to uh, make from the scripture. I'm going to go through these rather quickly. But as I was putting the message together, I really felt like God wanted me to emphasize these two points as well. We can all raise hope within us when we receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Verse 5 says, And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, who has been given to us. The Holy Spirit is available as a gift for every one of us. And we understand this, you know, it's Christmas season, we're all talking about gifts, right? And we talk about giving gifts. Well, God has given us this gift of the Holy Spirit, but we have to be willing to receive it. Each one of us has to be willing to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. In the Vineyard Movement, we talk a lot about the Holy Spirit, and I, and I talked about this a few weeks ago as well. But we believe that the Holy Spirit is, is ready and available for each and every one of us. And sometimes we receive the Holy Spirit by having somebody else lay their hands on us and pray for us. Um, I want to read this example. It's in Acts chapter 8, verse 14. This is a, an example of when that happened. When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John to Samaria. When they arrived, they prayed for the new believers there that they might receive the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit had not yet come on any of them, 
They had simply been baptized in the name of the, whole, of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John placed their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. Now I know that there, there are churches that are that like over-dramatize this idea of being baptized in the Holy Spirit, but that's just not the way we do it. We just pray for you. We'll put our hands on you and pray for you. And so if you have never received a baptism of the Holy Spirit or somebody putting their hands on you and praying for you to receive the Holy Spirit, I'm going to invite you to come up after service and just let us pray for you. Because that's one of the ways that we can have hope is through the love of Jesus by the pouring out of his Holy Spirit in our lives. A side note, we talked about this before. Sometimes you've done that before, but your spiritual tank's a little low. And if your spiritual tank's a little low and you want it filled back up again, uh, come on up and let us pray for you after service as well. I won't go into much detail on that one. We've talked about it a lot recently. But that's the point number two. And then point number three, my last point for today. We can all raise hope within us when we put our faith in Jesus. When we put our faith in Jesus. And it comes from the the first two verses of chapter five. It says, therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. We boast in the hope of the glory of God. But that is through Jesus Christ. Now, you guys have all heard, I'm sure you've seen this on billboards before. It says, no Jesus, no peace. And then it says, no Jesus, no peace. You guys seen that before? It's kind of a play on words, but man, is there truth to that? There is so much truth to that. We talk about having peace. We talk about having joy. And we talk about having hope. But I'll be honest with you. Our hope is based on Jesus Christ. It's based on having our sins be forgiven by Jesus' sacrifice. The scripture says that we have been justified through faith. Justified, defined as declared or made righteous in the sight of God. Declared or made righteous in the sight of God. That is done through faith in Jesus Christ. And so if you have never put your faith in Jesus Christ and received his sacrifice as the forgiveness of your sins, man, I want to invite you to come up after service. Let us pray with you. Because that's where hope is. At the core root, it's in our faith in Jesus Christ. Here's your last fill-in. Having hope for eternity requires us to put our faith in Jesus today. The hope of glory, having hope for eternity, requires us to put our faith in Jesus today. All right, I'm going to turn ministry time over to Rose over in the beacon. And I'm going to ask you guys all to stand in here. And so ministry time the, is just really pretty straightforward today. If you need more hope, if you've either lost hope or you're barely hanging on to hope, and you need more hope, we want to pray with you. That's simply it. 
And I believe that God can give us the hope that we need. And so if that's you, I just want to invite you to come up right now. Just walk up here. Be brave. Yeah. Anyone else want to come up? Yeah. And guys, you know if it's you. If this year has been hard on you and you've struggled with hanging on to hope and you want that, that's you. I mean, just, just come on up and let us pray with you. Is there anyone else? And if you're watching online, just, again, let us know in the chat. I'm going to hold here for a moment because I think there's at least one more person that needs this. Thank you. I was talking in our prayer room um, before service and there's been two things that I think 2020 has done, you know, in the spiritual world. One is that it has sown fear. We all know that. I mean, fear is rampant in our country and it has taken hope. It's those two things. So guys, so it's not a statement of weakness to say that I've lost a little bit of hope or I've lost hope and I need some. God can restore it, though, in a moment. He really can. Anyone else? All right. Well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to pray a prayer of dismissal for um, everyone else in here, and then you guys can just stay up here, and we're going to pray for you, okay? All right. So, God, we come to you and just thank you so much for your word that is true. We thank you for your Holy Spirit that ministers and speaks to our hearts, Lord. And I pray, Lord, that we would be a church of people who have hope, hope in you, hope in you, God. And Lord, I pray that as we leave here today, that that, that that hope of glory in Jesus Christ would just come out of our hearts and minds, Lord. That we would just, it would be what we say, it would be on our faces, God. It would be in what we do. And that we would show the hope of Jesus to a lost and dying world, Father. So again, I thank you for what you're doing and what you're going to do. And Lord, I also pray for us as we pray for these people who came forward today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, thanks for being here today, guys. You're, you guys are dismissed. And if you guys would stay up here, we're going to just pray for you. All right. Well, that's it for today's message. We hope we helped you know God more intimately. If you feel our ministry is helping you spiritually, feel free to find out more about us at lighthouseofvineyard.church. Thank you for being part of our family, and we will see you next time.